0: I had to make a mo- mimosa today, and had to Google how to make it. Stop it! What? Like the proportions you... of it?
1: Oh, it's I'm very good at proportions. Champagne, orange juice, orange juice.
2: Yes, yes. Yeah, but no. I, you microphone size my... champagne. Yes. <laughs> top of the microphone.
0: Orange juice.
2: Orange juice. Like salt bay. <laughs> like you don't.
1: Liquid? Like it can't be orange. Like the drink can't look orange. It just mm-hmm. has
0: a hint of orangeness.
2: It has to look like yeah. a mango cart beer mm-hmm. where it's like a tinge of of orange.
0: Also, a girl ordered a martini, and I was like, man, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> I had to Google that, too. What like
2: type of martini? Like a glass and put gin. Of
0: a, Like a dirty martini with gin? She just said gin martini. Oh, yeah. So I did gin and our our, our martini. I think the bottle that said martini on it, and then that was it.
2: He's throwing all of it, and I think you're done.
3: I Easy. couldn't find the owls. Chris Hansen here, and I'm gonna need you all to take a seat right over there and check out birds like versus boys. Journey.
1: I think you're completely right here. And I hate it. Yep. Please,
3: stop
2: doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope you is gone. You know. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in fifteen minutes. Bob Hope. I'm gonna drink. Be the team you promised me you were going to be this year! This is the Consciously Hopeful Podcast. I'll be watching.
1: Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday, Birdsverse Boys. Happy birthday to us. Welcome to episode 68. We wish was episode 69. It's our one year anniversary. Happy birthday episode to Birds vs. Boys Aiden. God, it feels good. Has it really been a year? We made it one year and didn't get canceled. What a fantastic feeling. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday. I, I got you something you uh, did i did i got oh, you a birthday good, present I didn't get you anything <laughs> that's okay um you want me to open it though since we're not together
2: yes please yes okay. please I'll you can this. open it now.
1: for anyone listening this is the tissue paper that i'm taking out of the, the box i got you oh! a stateside vodka <laughs> look
2: at that you got me stateside vodka how convenient
1: right i was like you know what what else what else would aiden want nothing what is better than getting stateside vodka on your birthday
2: i'm a big believer in just getting some alcohol from your birthday you're gonna celebrate with it anyways and you can't beat getting the stateside vodka kind
1: happy birthday to us we didn't think i mean we probably should should have poured some stateside out tonight for ourselves but we still have time we do have time Um, um we have a we have a jam-packed show obviously it's not only our birthday but uh, training camps if
3: we ever see more than one predator show up at the same time in the same investigation and the answer is yes it's happened on a few occasions where what is this have come at the same time apparently it's happening again aiden kevin chris hansen here of hansen versus predators to catch a predator and have a seat with chris hansen oh I'm going to need you two to have a seat right over there. I've been going through some transcripts and I have some questions and some concerns. You know, the two of you should know this, but we're still at the tail end of a pandemic. There's this Delta strain floating around. You're still supposed to be socially responsible, not running around town after going online, checking for the newest hot spots that are open, visiting different places, celebrating your one year anniversary. One year anniversary. Is that what you call it? Also, what's this confusion about you thinking that I was Scott Hansen? He's the sports guy for NFL Red Zone. I'm the predator catcher. Don't confuse them again, or you could end up in a dark kitchen being interrogated by me. So behave yourself. And if you can manage that, Vince and I would like to congratulate you on your one-year anniversary. Awesome news. Maybe you can celebrate with a Mike's Hard Lemonade or a White Claw on me. White Claw is what we use in the current Predator investigations and I'll have more of those for you soon on the TV and right now on my YouTube channel, have a seat with Chris Hansen. Don't be in them, just watch them. In the meantime, I'll be watching you. So stay safe, stay healthy and have a wonderful anniversary celebration. Take care.
1: So does does he think like Aiden and I are a couple?
0: Yeah, so here's the thing. I may or may not have forgot to mention, it wasn't like, I said, it's Aiden and Kevin's one-year anniversary, he, and I may not have specified what it was for.
2: You didn't think the part that it was a podcast <laughs> was important? Like, he didn't think I was going to get confused? He might of- think there we're just a couple? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, we kind of are. I, I mean, I think part of me was like, oh, he'll remember us. And then... <laughs> I think I just like, he catches me.
1: like 8,000 predators a year, including one major person from Philadelphia. And you think he's going to remember us? Who do he catch from Philadelphia? And he ca- kept EDP?
2: Yeah. Oh my God. He's not from <laughs> Philadelphia.
1: Or wherever he's from.
2: But he is, yeah, he is the Eagles guy. Hold on. I thought that it was so funny because right before the show, I go. I wish we would have prepped so that we all got a cameo for each yes, other for and one you, year anniversary. And Vince stayed silent the entire time. I was like, oh, that would be a good idea. And here he was getting with a cameo, Scott Hanson.
0: <laughs> we got to get him on fantastic. the show. We got to get him on I the pulled, show. Yeah. I pulled a sneaky on you guys and made you think I forgot.
1: <sighs> Look at you. You didn't break. That yeah. was great. You, you made never up. never forgets. You made up for not having a party hat. Well, I couldn't give it away. I had to keep
0: the ruse up that yes. I would forgotten. I mean,
2: very well done by you.
0: I texted Eddie the cameo when I got it. And I was like, yeah, I may have forgot to mention that uh, they're not dating. And uh, so this was a few days ago. And today he texted me. He was like, good move.
1: (laughs) Please, please, while we're recording this, just text that to the Brandy group and say happy anniversary to the couple, Kevin and Aiden. I'm on it. See you
0: guys at the end of the show.
2: (laughs) I I loved uh, I love so much about that. One that we had him back on, who's been in our intro since, almost since the beginning. Because uh-huh. it was the first episodes when we were talking about, I really hope we have football this year with this yes. COVID thing, so I could watch uh, Chris Hansen when I met Scott Hansen. So he's been on almost this entire time as our intro. Glad to have him back. Love that he was like you have a white claw on yeah. me because that's what we use in my show and find my show on youtube
1: <laughs> i was about to be like or oh, stateside vodka
2: yeah in the edit post post production edit we'll just like bleep yeah. it out but and in and a state, state vodka vodka. on me
1: <laughs> this hat is really hurting my head not gonna lie it has like how i, I teeth. should
2: you can yeah it looks painful i didn't have one but i do have this
1: happy birthday new year anniversary thing everybody Wow, that was For that me, just brought the party.
2: Kevin and Chris Hansen. Scott Hansen. Got it.
1: <laughs> oh, All right. I think we got to get actually into the show. I'm going to take my birthday hat off. Um, so we do have a guest tonight. You, um, you discovered this guy, um, and then he blew up completely. Like two days later.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, he was famous before. He had a yeah. blue check mark. It just so happened that he got even more famous right after I discovered him. So, tonight we have Michael Gilkin from Dallas Morning News. He covers the Cowboys down there, boots on the ground in Dallas. He is at training camp right now, reporting live from out in Oxnard. He recently wrote a long article on Micah Parsons, including interviews from Micah and people in his past, detailing his journey from, um, from my hometown, Harrisburg, to the Dallas Cowboys. So we wanted to talk to him about that. And then obviously, Kevin would like to pepper him with questions about how it's going so far for the Cowboys out in training camp, eight days away from an actual game. So I think he's a fantastic guest to have on tonight, and we told you. It's going to be a jam-packed show. we got a lot to get to.
1: We do. Uh, We have our TikTok, as always, at the end. But I wanted to start with something before we even get into your Eagles talk. um, Did you hear – I actually – I saw the tweets that were, like, from, like, 10 hours ago. We we are recording Wednesday night, but I saw it, like, right before I got on. I was like, ooh, Vince. Um, Did you see a big name that was cut today already out of camp? Blake Bortles. Uh, Yes, but not who I'm thinking of. Uh, Vince, could you pull up on the screen uh, the, the the man that was cut today, um, Kelvin Benjamin, who is a wide rec- former wide receiver, now um, tight end for the New York Giants, has already been released. There's a video we have playing of him walking off of the practice facility today. Um, Vince had no idea that Kelvin Benjamin was on the Giants. Did you?
2: i did i'm gonna be honest i did not keep up with that i knew he was still in the league but
1: well the the story gets a little bit better um would you like to know why he got cut
2: are you i think you need to be careful about where you go and where you're getting your sources because i saw a tweet and i don't think it's real
1: (laughs) i saw it by more than one
2: okay pull it pull it up then We'll, we'll see
1: so you did so you knew that he got cut
2: I saw this, and I saw the tweet, but I don't know if that's real. I don't know if that's a real account.
1: It was not just his account, though.
2: If it's from another account, then I believe it.
1: Um, Here, hold on. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it wasn't just his. Who's... Uh, pull up... Duh, NFL underscore D O V Kleinman. Yeah, that one right there. He has a blue check mark. The top one. And he said look, click uh, on that picture. No, no, on the picture.
2: After a heated argument, video surveillance footage showed Benjamin had been stealing food from the facility to take home. Is that do you is that a I, thing? I, I, I don't thought know. you just got the food.
1: That's what I would think.
2: I thought they just gave it to you. What else are they going to do with the food? Like you can't just take it home.
1: I'm trying to see if this guy actually tweeted that or if it was.
2: Doctored, if it was tweeted and deleted, but yeah. in, anyway, it doesn't matter. That's like, that is a really weird, uh, but that, yeah, if a, it's a really weird scenario, <laughs> I didn't know he was still in the league. No,
1: he was not last year. came back. Ah. This was the first, he had just been signed this off season to play tight end, not even wide receiver. So, not going to lie, if he's not on the Giants, it's fine by me. I don't care how he got cut. I don't care if he, you know, sneezed on Joe Judge, and Joe Judge was like, nope, COVID, you're gone. I don't care. I just don't, you know, he's a big body that could help them, and now he can't.
2: Yeah, oh, well, I I don't know. Not not on my radar, especially with the start of Eagles camp today, and you guys have been in full swing. Do you want to go first with the Cowboys? Because I know you have big news there. Yeah, so... I don't really have big news aside from the fact that we started.
1: Well, the biggest news um, in the league, actually, is something that um, you and I have been saying all offseason and is exactly why we were so bored with this story that everyone was enamored with. Oh, surprise, surprise, Aaron Rodgers is at camp and he's going to play for the Green Bay Packers this year. No shit.
2: Listen, he does what I do every single day, which is bitch about my job and then show up and do the job. That's it. (laughs) I complain Done. every fucking day. For a little bit more money I than hate you my job need. Yeah, I was about to say, part of the reason why I don't like my job is because if I was making his type of money, I'd be smiling sunshine and rainbows every time I showed up for it. But anyway, he does the same shit that every millennial does. They're pissed about their job. They don't like it. They bitch and moan all the way to work and then go in there and do a full eight hours and do it with a smile on their face and then mm-hmm. get off and complain about how miserable they are. He's not like unlike any of us. I... I I could care less
1: about this story all summer. Either could you. It, I knew this was the end. He wasn't going to play for the Broncos. Now next year's next year's a whole different story. Uh, I am terrified of an NFC East with uh, Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers playing for the Washington, whatever they're going to be called next year. But that's a different story. We knew he was going to be playing for Green Bay this year. I don't. I it, it, there was just nothing else going on for the media. So it was either let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys or Aaron Rodgers, and that was it, or COVID.
2: At least we have actual storylines now. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't have to talk about that stuff anymore. It's great, like there's actual football to be discussed. Mm -hmm. So, it's it's great.
1: During actual football today for the Dallas Cowboys, um, Dak Prescott took himself out of of camp uh, early, saying he had a sore arm. And now, um, sources right before the show are saying that an MRI revealed that he has a muscle strain in his shoulder. Don't love that. Don't know, you know, he's going to be evaluated each day. He's day-to-day. Um, he's obviously coming off the leg injury. Um, he's going to be a little rusty. So I wanted to get him as much work as possible in camp. Because, I mean, how much work do you think – let's say he didn't get the arm. How many How many snaps do you think he's really going to get this in the preseason? Not a lot.
2: I wouldn't want him to have a no, lot. No, no. I'd try so, to keep him off the field as much as
3: possible.
1: Exactly. So this is why I wanted him to get as much as many snaps as possible in camp, because you got to remember, too. I mean, C.D. Lamb only played with Dak for what, three games, three and a half games, and then he had Andy Dalton last year. So, you know, who knows how much of a rapport they have? They have a full offseason. You know, I, I just will obviously ask Michael about this a little bit, um, but it's just, you know. Not a storyline. You want to hear this early in camp from your star that's coming back off an injury anyway.
2: No, probably not, considering it's like day four, Mm -hmm. but also not shocking, considering I always think when you're coming back from injuries like that, then you put more pressure on every other muscle group that wasn't injured. Yep. So that's how you're probably throwing with your arms instead of your lower body. Cause you don't have full strength back in your lower body. So you overcompensate happens to people at the gym all the time. Like if, if you're struggling with chest, guess what happens? Then you hurt your shoulder. Yep. It's just, that's how it works. So it's probably what happened. He hurt his shoulder because he's overcompensating for using his legs. So it's not shocking, but at the same time, yeah, I don't really want my quarterback to get hurt on day four. No,
1: no, especially today being the first day in actual pads for the Dallas Cowboys. So, I mean, he had three interceptions yesterday. Didn't love that either, but who knows? Maybe this had an effect on him, and his arm was mm-hmm. hurting him yesterday, and that's why he was thrown a little bit not so great. Or, you know, the Dallas Cowboys defense, baby. Have you heard the secondary has a new nickname?
2: Is it the no-fly zone? Did I see mm-hmm. that?
1: Not the no-fly. It's, fly. it's the sort no of fly. like the no-fly zone. Um, it came oh. from Boss Man Fat. I will
2: let you say it.
1: Airplane mode.
2: I did see. Yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) I like that better. That's more creative. You
1: know what? It's, I kind of, I kind of dig it. So I'm going to. So do I. I'm going to put my phone on airplane mode just for boss man fat. Never, never using my phone again, unless I'm on Wi-Fi.
2: You should try it during games. It's great because that's what I do.
1: (laughs) You and, you and Kelvin Joseph are the same person during games.
2: Yeah. Airplane mode, baby. Um,
1: But, yeah, they had three interceptions yesterday off Dak. KZ had one. He was not having uh, a great couple days in camp until then. And speaking of safeties, Dallas Cowboys have signed another free agent. Obviously, they brought in DeMontre KZ earlier in the offseason. They brought in Malik Hooker at the same time for a workout. They decided to go with KZ. But Malik Hooker has found his way. Jerry got his hooker. And it was it was kind of it was almost it was a weird week. I don't know if you n- realize like how it unfolded. Like the reports were like Malik Hooker is going to Oxnard to work out for the Cowboys. And then it kind of like went silent. Everyone's like, Is he is he signing? What's happening? And then Jerry Jones was on 1053 the fan. And they're like, So, like, how official he's like, Oh, yeah, no, it's pretty official. Happy about Malik. And everyone's like, What? So he's and then and then I don't know where he's walking onto the practice field wearing a number 28 jersey. Um, and then yesterday, just bang, he had signed. He got through all the COVID protocols and he was on the sideline watching the safeties work out on Tuesday. And I switched it to you about Darian Thompson, hopefully going away, but that's really pretty much everything I'm going to talk about now because we have Michael Gelkin obviously coming up, but I'm just so excited about camp. That's why I just want to talk all Dallas Cowboys and not listen to you talk about the Eagles.
2: I don't, well, I'll I'll talk about the Eagles, but I think you'll be excited with where I'm going with the Eagles. One, speaking of secondaries, we didn't get to touch on this. Last week, I was like, oh, there's only one free agent we want, and Steve Nelson, and we got him. We have a legitimate secondary now. I'm kind of content, which I'm like really never content with how the secondary is. So I'm pretty pleased that we got him, and we have a legitimate CB2, and it's not Jaquette getting cooked by Amari Cooper again. That's kind of cool. They're real. No, it's not. Well, for you, it's not great. Hate. But yeah, um, so I think that's the main like actual talking point that we need to bring up that's legitimate, and then I'll get into all the goofy stuff. Uh, the Eagles are back, day one of training camp, and there are two things that come back this time of year, and it's uh, Spirit of Halloween stores showing up in abandoned storefronts oh, and tweets saying that the Eagles are going to win the division because their receivers catch a, a pass in practice wearing shorts. It's on that air. time of year. Those two things pop up this time every year at this time of year. So glad to be back with the hype train. We're back, baby. We're back, baby. you um, are back.
1: You're back on the Reger revenge tour.
2: I am. Kind of. I think I almost have to be. You know? Sometimes you You know more about the stock market than me, but sometimes you just can't sell. There's mm-hmm. no point in selling. You're kind of just stuck with the asset.
1: Just got to ride it.
2: I'm just going to ride it out. I think that's where I'm kind of at with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm obviously more in on Devontae Smith, but I think Reger would be better than he was last year. It's nice to have someone who's, like, coaching up the receivers, and I saw some tweets. These are the tweets that I actually like Sirianni pulling guys aside and being, like, coaching up Fulgham and being animated and saying, here, idiot, do this. Don't do it this way. Do it this way. Okay, good job. You did it right. Like, that's the type of stuff that I like to see, which seems did to be you- happening.
1: Did you see the uh, prediction about Folgum this year coming out of the Philadelphia media? No. That Who? he's gonna have a th- uh Elliot Shore Park or oh, Park no. Shore. He said that Folgum's gonna have a 1000 yard receiving season this year. Oh,
2: kiss of death. Poor guy. I really liked Fulgham. It's sad <laughs> and that he's to hit <laughs> cut by week three. And he's cut. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, that is the kiss kiss of death. I honestly mm-hmm. feel bad for him. Anybody but like Travis, I was so high on him. Mm-hmm. Why would you do this?
1: At least do it to Regger or something. Not Travis. I
2: know. Yeah. Regger would be even more bold. Mm-hmm. But yes, I am back. That's why that's, – that, that was my main point, though. I don't care about training camp. I do not care about this hype train. I am a broken man mentally and emotionally, and it has nothing to do with life. It's just Philadelphia sports have ruined me as a person. I have become so cynical. I don't care about training camp videos. I don't care about training camp. I've seen two. I've seen Jalen Reger get compared to Julio Jones. I watched Sam Bradford go 11 for 11 in a preseason game. I just don't care. I cannot do this again where I emotionally invest myself only to be let down. I just can't do it. I do not care what Devontae Smith does. As long as he stays healthy, I'll be fine. I do not care. Jalen Hurts looks in shorts. He looks cool. I will give him that, but I need to see him in a game. I just don't care. I'm emotionally broken. The Sixers broke me when they blew that 25-point lead. There's no coming back. There's no training camp video that can get me excited. Not even a little bit? I'm excited for the prospect of them playing football, but I'm not going to watch these videos anymore and be like, you know what? This year is our year. I yeah, think I guess just that. keep expectations low. Yep. And then I'll be pleasantly surprised.
1: How many wide receivers on the Eagles this year have more receiving yards than Deshaun out in LA?
2: Deshaun will only play like 12 games. Exactly. So might be skewed. Um, Smith and hopefully Fogel. Okay. You don't think Gregor? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited about the prospect of Reger, and I'm uh, really excited about him as a punt returner as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. No, the only thing that's going to skew it is, you know, Deshaun. He'll play great. He'll have 120 yards week one and then strain his hamstring and miss four straight weeks. Yep. So, yep. I really don't know.
1: One, I, I have One other question for you, too. What are your thoughts now that the reports are coming out that they think Ertz is going to be still on the team week one?
2: First of all, love the blonde hair. Love the teenage rebellious yep. phase that he's absolutely. going through right now. Looks great. Love it. In third grade, I wanted to get my hair dyed because Eminem had his hair dyed mm-hmm. blonde. Didn't do it. Also, I, had
1: the, I had the blonde tips back oh, in did school. you?
2: Yeah, you definitely did. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, <laughs> absolutely oh, I thought no he had way. a picture of me. I, but I was just about to say, Vince just pulled up a picture on screen of Earth, and I thought it was going to be of Kevin. The fact that Chris Hansen cameo would not have been the most surprising thing in this episode is really saying something.
1: there's definitely a picture of me somewhere, uh, on the internet with blonde hair.
2: We will find it, we will definitely do some research and find it. Might it be on my Instagram or my Facebook, really had some, not sure. Had some blonde <laughs> tips. You definitely had that. There's no oh, yeah, 100%. That's the least surprising thing that's ever happened, but yeah. Uh, so Ertz as a person, like, I don't know why we would keep him around and he doesn't want to be around um but i guess he's here so we'll just get used to it i like him so i don't care if he's here or not so Yeah. i hope he has a great season i hope he is a great asset for jalen hurts and i love the blonde hair love big it. big year for the dyed blonde hair the machine gun kelly switching to like pop punk instead mm-hmm. of rap and the mm-hmm. album was awesome and now zach Ertz, maybe he'll just like revitalize his career like machine gun kelly did all you have to do is dye your hair blonde If that happens, one of us might have to dye our hair blonde to make this podcast take the next level.
1: Okay.
2: I'm in. Fair enough. I'm always in. There we go. All right. Do you you want to bring our guy in? Let's do it. I think it is time. We have fantastic guests for the one-year anniversary here. Last time, this time last year, we were talking about, eh, training camp won't be the same. Football, will we even have it? Now we have a guy who's literally on the field every day covering practice, Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News. And again, he just wrote this huge story that's been blowing up on Micah Parsons as well. You know how we feel about Micah, both of us. So we'll get into both of those things. So here he is, Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News, presented by Stateside Baca.
1: I may ask him 47 questions. (laughs) All right, Aiden. Like you brought him in, really excited to be joined by our next guest on our one year anniversary show. So it's a very special show that you're on here. Um, Live from Cowboys Camp in Oxnard, California, he covers America's team for the Dallas Morning News. It's the one and only Michael Gelkin. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us.
4: Happy anniversary. I had no idea right i brought, would have brought you something
1: we had we had like party hats and everything beforehand but we figured yeah we don't need those on for now
4: i don't want <laughs> to for your celebration
1: not at all well i'll uh, i'll be peppering you with a lot of questions but to to start out we everybody knows that jerry and the cowboys don't do anything half assed so everything's everything's a show so so far i mean today was day 5 of practice how has cowboys camp been so far with COVID protocols and Hard Knocks being there?
4: Yeah, Hard Knocks hasn't really changed things um, at all. You know, they take pride in just kind of being, you know, a fly on the wall. They really have this like Veritas type of uh, approach to, you know, being true documentary uh, filmmakers. So, um, you know, I from seeing the occasional producer or uh, other crew member at the breakfast line at the hotel. Um, you know they're not very talkative. They don't really attract much attention. Um, they kind of just film and record audio and mic up different players going into practices. Um, there is you know some spectacle as you said with the Cowboys. They had like this opening ceremony with you know the the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and a ten thousand check that Jerry Jones wrote out and gave to the mayor of Oxnard, which is very. Um, you know, kind of the rite of passage it's every, every year, you know, COVID aside. Mm-hmm. Um, there are you know signs that warn fans upon entry that you know, COVID is will kill you. Uh, it's serious. <laughs> uh, your advice take all protocols, and even then, those safeguards might not save you. Uh, so enter at your own risk. It's not our fault, don't sue us. Um, when your family member dies, so that's, that's that, but other, otherwise, I mean. It's outdoors. It's California. Mm-hmm. I know uh, the protocols are are evolving. Uh, just recently, uh, I think today, uh, the California public health, um, I don't know the exact name of the body uh, within the state, but they said that it's you know, starting to advise even those who are vaccinated in California to wear a mask if indoors. Um, so uh, things are changing, but when you are at practice, it doesn't really feel necessarily like we're in this COVID state, which no doubt it's worth, worth reminding everyone. We, we need our
1: hundred percent. Sure. Well, I, l- sure. I like to hear that about hard knocks. I really do. I don't, I love watching the show, but just, yeah, be a fly on the wall. Don't yes. bother my team. Love that.
2: <laughs> he's been really worried about that. So mm-hmm. he's glad to hear it. <laughs> I'll let him get back into the training camp questions. I know he has a lot, but I want to focus on your Micah Parsons story for a second. It was an excellent piece and I was pretty curious how much of his story you knew going into writing it and interviewing him, and if any of it kind of took you aback because there were some pretty uh, intense anecdotes in that story.
4: Yeah, I think some of it I, I knew just because he was this five-star prospect coming out of Harrisburg. Um, he was very active in social media for better and for worse uh, you know, over his high school and even college uh, career. Just someone who, uh, through his recruitment, um, through his transfer from Central Dauphin High to Harrisburg High, a lot, a lot, a lot had been written on Micah Parsons. Mm -hmm. And uh, once I really start going to the article um, in terms of research and arriving in Harrisburg uh, for the story, I went to his hometown. um, Mm -hmm. Did I kind of start to peel back and um, you know some of that research? You you almost want to not do too much research when you're going into an article because you want to kind of have a fresh you know set of eyes you don't want to get caught duplicating what's already been done and so there's always that balance but um i i so i, I knew some of what i picked up in harrisburg about micah already but i think it kind of starts to come to life once you start to talk to his family start talking to his friends um you know and, and former coaches he's kind of start hearing the same things and like two things i heard most about micah in harrisburg was number one He's extremely competitive. And then number two, he's goofy. His dad called him like a Toys R Us kid. And so I wanted to kind of capture those two things by not telling, but by showing. And so by having different anecdotes that instead of me as a writer just saying, you know, hey, Micah's Micah's really competitive and just move on to the next thing, or hey, Michael's Michael's a goofy guy and just move on to the next thing. If I can spend a lot of time describing you know, instances where his competitiveness really shows, then it's a lot more impactful for the reader to be like, damn, Michael Micah Parsons is really competitive or mm-hmm. Micah's really goofy. And so that was kind of what I was going for in the story. Uh, and so I was very grateful for, for his time. You know, he signed his contract in June, I think. And hours later, he, he met with me. And we talked for like an hour and 45 minutes it's awesome so it was a good opportunity for him to be i think introspective and just kind of reflect on his journey thus far um he struck me as a guy who you know i mean it probably says enough that he was talking to me on the day he signed his contract you know it wasn't like he was going to nobu and having some incredible sushi dinner or whatever else um, people do when they've just signed a a multi-million dollar contract Um, so he, he was very much of the mindset that he was not done yet that he had a lot that he was chasing and on the field, you know, obviously he wants to be great. That's what he's chasing. But he says, like, I don't really need football in terms of like, I really want to make a difference in people's lives. Um, that's extremely important to me. And when you go to Harrisburg and get a feel for what uh, that, what, what Micah means to that town, uh, certainly in c- certain neighborhoods probably more so than others. And talking about kids and, you know, in, in uptown or in Capitol Hill, um, you get a really sense of, 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 of that significance that he has to that area.
2: Definitely definitely it, it certainly feels that way being there i'm glad you got a chance to go and that timing worked out perfectly you get to talk to him the day he signs his contract and then i think he bought his mom a house mm-hmm. shortly after your article came out so timing wise this could not have worked out any better after yeah, he kind I mean, of worked on family values with him
4: he bought himself a house that his mom's living in i mean <laughs> and his, and his one of his best friends living there too but i mean he bought a house and his, his number one thing was you know to, to Give some stability to their lives after mm-hmm. bouncing around from place mm-hmm. to place for a while in high school. You know, here's Micah, this five-star prospect, and he's living with their grand uh, his grandmother uh, at the grandmother's house, sharing a room with his mother, sharing a bed. Her clothes, you know, her, all her stuff was all over the bedroom, and so Micah's got barely got any room. And he's not ashamed of the fact that he you know shared a bed in, 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 as a high schooler with his mother because his mother's his best friend. Um, but still, it was uh, it was cramped living, and, and he really wanted. His mom who worked three jobs to just have a place to just be. And so in in, in some ways it's it, it, it's no doubt for her, but I mean it's it's Micah's house and, and she's living there.
2: That's I great. That. I, I didn't know that part. That's that's interesting. I love that. yeah. I haven't
4: seen the lease line, or I haven't seen like the contract of the house, but like it's it's their house collectively, I guess, is what I'm I'm saying. Is gotcha. gotcha.
2: Everyone's do. got their own bedroom now for Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Uh, You touched on it already, and we talked about it before the the show began or the interview began about his high school transfer. I was curious, did you guys talk at all about his process um, with his college commitment? Because that was a big story as well, and that was a big part of the journey too.
4: We didn't. His dad mentioned that if it wasn't for – his dad really expressed that he felt like his son easily could have gone to Ohio State had things gone differently um, in his recruitment, uh, because of um, you know, I know he, uh, Micah sent a tweet referring to the, in reference to the quarterback play that was not well received, and then there was an on-campus violation of recruitment policy because I think it was a college game day show. He took, well, I didn't really get into all of that. Um, you really go down into to the weeds when you, when oh, you yeah. get a story on someone's life, and so you, you kind of need to decide what you are and are not going to do. Uh, so I didn't get it caught up too deeply into the recruitment aspect of it. Um, cause at this point, you know, he's, he went to Penn state, he found his way to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm less curious about, you know, what road he could have taken from a college standpoint and, and more just about the road that he took overall, um, through uptown, through Harrisburg and to the NFL. So I didn't quite go uh, deep into that. Gotcha.
2: All right. One more question on the story before I let Kevin, uh, go at it with the training camp questions and he, Kevin and I are like bloggers and podcasters. So, we can get away with playing fan favorites and being biased. Do you ever catch yourself, uh, you know, like Dallas morning news is obviously more revered um, and well-respected. Do you ever catch yourself kind of like playing favorites after writing a story like that? Maybe not even necessarily this one, but with somebody else that you've
4: covered. Um, I, mean, I definitely want to see guys stay healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's about as far as I go. I mean, I, I, I hate to see a guy, You know ruptures achilles or tears acl or anything other that's really serious um but um not really i mean there's really a a pretty i I think i've always just kind of tried to separate you know i I understand as a reporter i never want to get accused by an athlete as like trying to get too close or thinking i'm one of them or anything like that i understand the, the discrepancies of our our respective lives at least from a professional standpoint and I want to try to keep it professional, um, you know, you definitely can't help but garner some respect for those that you cover. And so that is is the case um, with, with various um, athletes. I think the one thing I do appreciate and a story like the one on Micah, I think kind of underscores is just how different so many guys' route is to the NFL. Like my favorite part of the job is a, is a part of the job I don't have right now, which is the locker room. I love to be... NFL locker room nudity aside it's just a great place to just interact with so many different people who come from so many different walks. Um, their different their personalities are different. Um, you know they' uh, you know, just their stories are, are so are so distinct and the as a reporter you want to try to build a rapport with a, a player so that you know they feel like they can trust you I mean, and they feel like they can communicate openly openly with you and feel like you're not going to burn them if they say something that, could be, you know, received, uh, you know, in in a way that they wasn't consistent with how they intended it. And so they trust you with their messaging. and all that. And so I enjoy building that trust and you really don't get an opportunity to do it right now because of COVID. But um, hopefully over the course of a story like this, you know, I, I see it as an opportunity to kind of show who I am, what, you know, who I am as a reporter, what I'm about. And, you know, by going to your hometown, talking to your mom, talking to your dad, talking to your sister, talking to, you know, your, your best friends and going through all that, um, you know, hopefully over the course of that, you know, they come to trust me. So for future, you know, years to come, you know, as we work together, you know, they understand that there's, you know, someone on, on the beat and I wouldn't, wouldn't be the only one because there are a lot of really good reporters on the Cowboys beat, but I'd be mm-hmm. someone that they could trust with their story down the road as, as it develops over the course of their career. So that's, if, if I have an objective, it's that. Um, just to build the trust. But beyond that, that, that's about as far as I'm willing to take it. Gotcha.
1: love that. All right. Let me pepper you with a few, and then we'll, we'll let you get out of there. Um, so two guys that I've been saying all offseason, I think, need to play at a Pro Bowl caliber, if you want to say type level, for the Cowboys to be successful this year, especially on defenses, Randy Gregory and Trayvon Diggs. Everything I'm hearing is they've been, quote, unquote, taking over – Practices, is that true? How have they looked? Have they been standing out in your eyes at all through practice five so far?
4: Yeah, I think both of those players have had nice, nice camps. Um, Randy Gregory, I mean, Padd just came on mm-hmm. yeah, we on Wednesday, uh, and so they're, they're hours removed from the very first padded practice. So, I think over the, you know, as, as camp progresses, you have a better feel for any player, including those two. But Randy Gregory looks explosive up the line of scrimmage. I mean, he's a problem. Um, he believes that he should have played more last season. Mm-hmm. And when you look at his production and limited snaps, you look at Alton Smith's production, you look at some of these other players who saw a lot of snaps, it's, it's really hard to disagree. Um, and so I think no doubt with this new coaching staff, you know, Dan Quinn and Aiden Durr, the new defensive line coach there, that shouldn't happen again, and especially because yeah. Randy Gregory has a full off season under him, which is something that he hasn't really had since he was a NFL rookie. So, um, yeah, he's he's looked really good. And as long as he can stay healthy, um, you know, he should be someone that the Cowboys or another team, but you think it would be the Cowboys is going to be paying a lot of money to um, if he goes into the season without a new deal, which at this point, you know, he should just play on his contract. And, and he, he definitely should um, you know to be in good financial situation uh, mm-hmm. after next March. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, you know, he's, his ball ball skills are I mean, they've always have been the strength of his, and that mm-hmm. has shown through here in training camp. You know, he looks better than he did last year. You, you expect him to take the next step, but I, I think I'm just hesitant because I understand how important of a player he is and the level that he'll need to play to uh, to really give this defense what it needs. Uh, and turnovers is a big part of that, but also you know big plays and you know containing that and all everything that. Associated with his role in this defense, a lot of man to man. And so I, I think the, you know, the, the, let's allow the jury to kind of still deliberate on not just those two players, but this entire defense. You know, Tuesday's practice, they had three interceptions, all against Dak Prescott. Also batted at least three balls of the line of scrimmage against the reserve quarterbacks. Here on Wednesday, with Dak out on account of shoulder issue, he, uh, the defense, intercepted five passes, which is incredible. It's a yep. camp high for this year. But watching those interceptions, it was a greater indictment on this backup quarterback situation. And so I don't mean to undercut the success that the Cowboys defense is having, but I would say it was more impressive what they did on Tuesday than it wasn't what they did Wednesday just because of who's behind center right now when, when Dak's not there. So um, I think let's just allow this thing to, to take shape a bit. The um, last thing you want to be is too reactive to, you know, occasional positive play or positive practice. Um, this, this defense has a lot to prove and they can only prove, prove so much at this early stage.
1: So I'm going to ask you that question. Why is Ben DiNucci? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so you, you mentioned Dan Quinn and I was very excited with the addition and obviously the Cowboys organization has been selling that, you know, that was such a huge, almost free agent pickup for them as well this offseason that he was going to be able to transform what was a historically bad defense last year. So has his teaching skills kind of shown to light? I I see all these videos coming out with him on the sideline with Parsons and and with Gregory before and after practice, and I'd love to see it. Has that kind of been coming to light? And have you noticed that a lot this uh, camp so far?
4: Yeah, guys guys love playing for him already. Um, They love his teaching style. Uh, You can see why he rose to the ranks and became a head coach, and it would be a bit of a surprise if he doesn't do it again in terms of being a head coach in this league. Um, his hands-on teaching style is what you kind of keep on hearing when you talk to players. He's just very hands-on. He's, you know, as a defensive coordinator, he's really operates in some fashion as a defensive line coach as well. And so during the position drills early in practice, he's less roaming the whole defense, but more so just working specifically with that position group. And he's got, you know, pads on his hands and he's doing hand work with guys. And, you know, he's just, just really in the trenches with these guys. I mean, there was a practice in May There's a rookie mini camp. There's about 30 players on the Cowboys' roster, so not a whole lot when you're conducting an 11-11. And so one of the team's uh, rookies, sixth-round pick Quentin Bohana, he has like an aching shoulder. This is like maybe two plays, Mm -hmm. but they don't really have a a nose tackle who can just jump on in. And so in comes Dan Quinn, and he gets in his stance, and you know he he kind of tries to relive his glory days. And so the way that he kind of just goes about things, and he tries to find creative ways, I think is. As any great teacher does, you know, forget coaching, but I think just in a classroom setting, he tries to find a creative way to get his message across. For visual learners, for auditory learners, uh, you can just tell that there's a higher level of thinking in terms of the way he approaches it with with guys. And so, um, early in training camp, I think the day after the Cowboys arrived, he in a defensive meeting played a Run DMC song, and I wrote about an article about you might have seen it, mm-hmm. but he played a Run DMC song, and. Prior to the song beginning, he said, you know, I'm a New Jersey guy, and I'm going to talk 100 words a minute. And you guys need to learn how to take notes properly if you want to keep up with me and learn this defense. You know, because we got, you know, Tom Brady and, you know, 40 whatever days. So we need to learn this thing fast and you guys need to keep pace. And so the lesson as he played this Run DMC song for three plus minutes was, you know, don't just try to write. You know, you're taking notes to the song, but don't just try to take notes of every lyric that you hear. Cause that's you know, you're gonna fall behind, you're not really gonna understand the message. So just kind of process the song, write more thematically what the takeaway is, and then after the song concludes, you know, we'll see how much we've got written and and have it like be something kind of a competition. And I think the most a guy wrote was like two sentences, um, which is it's a tough song to do in terms of like Absolutely. it's not like really one of those classic storytelling songs, it's more like you know, you know, early hip hop yeah. where it's about how you're the best MC and, you know, there's all that, you know, all a lot of words MCs and all that. Yeah. So, um, but like, I think that's just an example of his coaching style and like Demonte Casey, the safety who was in Atlanta with him was now with the Cowboys talked about how, you know, Casey wasn't speaking enough. He wasn't communicating enough as one should in the back end of a defense. And so he got Mike so Dan Quinn mic'd him up for a practice and this is something Dan Quinn has done a number of times with other players. He mic'd them up at practice, and then at the end of the practice week, they went back, listened to the entire practice uh, through Casey's, you know, speech, and really were able to kind of nitpick, like, hey, you should be talking here, you should be talking there, you should be talking there, which is a lot more. You're talking about showing and not telling, like the Michael Parsons yeah. story. Like, you don't just want to tell a guy, with, with, you what know, tell a reader or, or tell a player. You kind of want to show them so make sure that it lands a little bit more. And that's that's what Dan Quinn does.
1: That makes me so happy. Makes me <laughs> beyond happy after after last year. All right, I have two more questions, and, I'll, and we'll let you go. Switching to the offensive side of the ball, obviously last year the offensive line struggled, especially with the injuries. And I kept saying this isn't 2016 anymore. But both tackles, Tyron and Lyle, are back, hopefully healthy. So one – how have they looked so far holding up against guys like Randy Gregory that we talked about? And do you think this is a make-or-break year for a guy like Connor McGovern?
4: Oh, first, the two tackles look incredible. And it's always the test of time, right? It's one mm-hmm. thing to look incredible in July, but ultimately – and they do. But ultimately, can they stay healthy? And that's an yep. answer that we don't have. Um, but they can only control what they can control. They're both in phenomenal shape. They both underwent surgeries. On some lingering issues for them. Tyron Smith, the neck, Lyle Collins, the hip. Those weren't things that really they've dealt with for the first time last year when Tyron missed 14 of 16 games and Lyle missed every last one. Um, these were things that they've been plaguing them for quite a while. And, and Tyron hopes that he can actually, you know, he's missed at least three games for a handful of consecutive seasons. He hopes that this can, can kind of put him over the hump and keep him on the field, which obviously the Cowboys share that desire. And for Lyle, he just feels like he can play more comfortable out there. So, um, you know, here in camp, you see everything that you would want to if you're the Cowboys and both of those players, which gives you a lot of hope. However, uh, guarded that optimism may be, because mm-hmm. you know they've been hurt before. Yep. The Cowboys, I mean, but you know, obviously the players have been too. But um, and then Connor McGovern, he you can't help but empathize for his career development, yes. where he steps in, you know, as a as a third round pick. He has a peck issue in the spring, uh, sidelines him. Then he's got another peck issue right when he finally returns late in training camp. And then that sidelines him for the entirety of his rookie season. So that was a wash. In comes 2020. And all of that year is lunacy. And so he doesn't have a spring again. uh, He has a truncated training camp, zero preseason. And then ultimately, he develops on the practice field and gets thrown into the fire and it starts, you know, seeing some, da- seeing some snaps. Mm-hmm. And then now finally here in 2021, he was active in the spring and he was healthy throughout. He's thus far in training camp, not only just healthy, but he's working with the ones uh, when ever uh, a guard is unavailable. And so he and Brandon Knight really are, are seeing a lot of that work, but more so McGovern. If, if one guard is down, that's where he steps in and so, um, I think the book on Connor McGovern when he got drafted is that this is someone that potentially could be a backup center, but when the Cowboys really look at their offensive line, they really look at Connor McGovern in particular, you know, he's, they, they consider him to be their best backup interior offensive lineman. And he's just kind of still scratching the surface of him as a professional, just because of all the time developmentally that he's missed. So they want him focusing at guard right now which is why you have left guard Connor Williams cross training to be a center. So the event of an injury to the center, the, car, the Cowboys aren't going to ask Connor McGovern to do something. He's not comfortable in. they want to set him up for success. And so they're going to have Connor Williams slide over from left guard to center. And then your best interior offensive lineman will step in at left guard for Williams. So that's kind of been the situation and, and, and Connor McGovern's done a really nice job of, of embracing that uh, again, no pads. Uh, so we'll see. But thus far, the Cowboys are really pleased with the leap that he's made. He's come a long, long way.
1: Beautiful. Because, yeah, he's a, he's a guy I've been rooting for since, from, from day one uh, when he was drafted. All right. Last one. Big elephant in the room. Obviously, you mentioned Dak p- took himself out of practice today. It was shoulder soreness. And now the MRI comes out that he has a strained muscle in his shoulder. Is there any buzz out there that we don't know about? Are people worried, not worried? Should we just take it day by day like the Cowboys are?
4: I would say that's the way to do it, yeah. Um, Everything I've heard is everything the Cowboys have said publicly, um, which is, you know, there's relief. Um, They feel like, well, I think this practice that they had without Dak was very eye-opening. Not to say that they didn't feel – not to say that they felt great about their backup quarterback – situation, because I think there was understanding that, you know, Andy Dalton is no longer on this roster and his absence is really felt. And that's a, kind of a unique thing to have someone of Dalton's experience um, and, and ability. Uh, you know, he, I know he gets criticized and by no means is he, you know, Tom Brady, but as backup quarterbacks go, I mean, Andy yes. Dalton was started for a number of teams last year. Uh, they don't have Dalton this year, uh, not by a long shot. And I think Wednesday's practice without Dak was a reminder of that, but, um, otherwise, they're, they're relieved. Otherwise, they feel grateful for their situation. Yeah, Dak, they, they consider to be totally fine. And hopefully, you know, as training camp continues and over the course of, you know, these next six-plus weeks before September 9th against the Buccaneers, like any pitcher, you know, it's spring training, you kind of need to kind of build yourself up. And, and so he'll build himself to where he needs to be. Dallas is not concerned about his ability to get there.
1: Beautiful. All right, Michael. Before we let you out of here, let everybody know where they can read your work, how they can follow you on Twitter and anywhere else in social media.
4: Sure, it's uh, right for the Dallas Morning News, and the Twitter feed is is Gelkin NFL. That's, that's my last name with uh, those three letters.
1: Beautiful, awesome. Perfect. Well, enjoy the rest of the time at camp. We'll be reading everything you write. Thank you for coming on, and uh, we're definitely gonna have to have you on again during the season for sure.
4: My pleasure, guys. Yeah, let me know. Have a great one. Awesome. Day. Thank
1: you too. Thank you. Uh, wow, Aiden. What another just phenomenal interview. I mean, could he have been more informative?
2: That was the best in-depth look we've gotten at what it's like covering a team. We've obviously had a lot of media members on this show, Mm -hmm. but not a lot of them are always in the locker room on a day-to-day basis. And I know he mentioned no nudity in the locker rooms right now because of COVID, but still boots on the ground at training camp reporting on the team flying to to harrisburg to meet with micah personally talk for 90 minutes with some of these players when when he covers them and does a story on them it's uh that's the best look of what we've got and just like the anecdotes about dan quinn like the run dmc thing i love that i love that But those are the things you get when you talk to somebody who's who's covering the team on a day-to-day basis and is around the team
1: and does the work of all the national media guys
2: yeah, I was about to say, he he's he's really just like that centralized focus on one team, following them day in and day out, and he obviously does a fantastic job. The article that I read was very well written, and you could just tell in the interview very early on, I think we both picked up that he really was informative and knew his stuff. Yep.
1: That's what sports media is, not going on ESPN and just screaming for two hours.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, how did we ever get away from that where we just hit him with, with all those questions? Every single one was in uh, extensive answer with plenty of detail, made us laugh, like all that stuff. And I don't know where we went with wrong with sports media, but can we please just go back to that?
1: (laughs) Bring it on back. Bring it on back. Bring it on back. All right. Well, you know what we're going to bring back right now? TikTok. And also Vince. Get in here, Vince. (laughs) It's a lot
2: of hair.
0: It's too much. I gotta get a haircut. It's so hard to schedule between doing nothing and then more doing nothing.
2: I I, I buy I one chain and Vince Alpha's me and buys like four like he's little baby on the Rolling Loud stage. Do I need
0: to, Am I
1: supposed to bring like chains out? You,
2: so, yeah, you gotta bring your chains out. It's the cool thing. I'll tell you what.
0: I was I was on the fence about getting one, then I saw yours and I was like, it's it's happening.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, little cool things to go on the chain.
2: On the on the girl guy rating scale of attractiveness, coolness, would I date this guy, Gold Chain gives you an automatic two. Run DMC? Absolutely. Yes, automatic plus two. So now I'm up to two.
0: And Vince is up With to four.
2: four. <laughs> Vince is up to four. <laughs>
0: All right, what are we uh, tocking tonight? Real quick, though, the Run DMC thing, how funny is it that Dan Quinn is like, you know what these kids like? Run DMC.
3: <laughs> well, that's what
0: he likes he's like they probably don't even know run dmc they I probably
3: don't there's like, some
0: young there's some young people on that team that probably don't know run dmc no idea
2: no yeah never even there's worn adidas a, they uh yeah i was gonna say if you're 23 you were born in 98 so you definitely weren't even like yeah weren't alive for the prime
1: if for some reason at your age still you have to spell the word Adidas, do you still do all day? I dream about sex in your Never head. Never
0: did that. I could just spell the word Adidas because it's pretty phonetic. That
1: wasn't a thing when you were Oh my god, that was when we were a kid. It's supposed probably to be all we day. I dream really about sports, but
2: that's in what Adidas stands for. Yeah, ah, got it. Yeah, I don't. I think we probably did that when we were really young. Mm-hmm. Still, do we kind of, I. I think our generation kind of missed the wave on that. Uh, on Run DMC, but it was I loved that the con that concept made sense though. Where, like listen to this four minute yep. song, don't write down the lyrics, write down what these lyrics are supposed to mean.
1: Yes,
0: love it. I'm. You I could do that so with today's rap
2: because more... it will just be like, hey, yeah, they're high on Xanax. That and that would be the I <laughs> would have loved to
0: see the notes though. I would, like, I would have loved to see the, scene, the oh. people's notes like writing a rhyme is tricky. He met a girl, her hair was curly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think who on the Cowboys I would like to see their note on the defense. Obviously, the the most Micah,
2: hmm. Leighton Vander Esch.
1: Oh God, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's he seems like. like he seems like his notes have to be kept private.
2: Yeah,
1: or Jalen Smith, Mister Me, Me, Me. He's like they're rapping about me, Jalen, mm-hmm. number nine. Did Definitely you see the video did. of him? He could not even do a simple task of hitting the bag the right way. They had to redo it again. No nope. simple tasks. Can't even do it. Can't
2: even do it.
1: Just let him rush the passer and don't let him do anything else. You have enough linebackers now. Okay, we have Micah and Keanu Neal
0: and Jabril Cox. It's so many clicks. I need. I need to be quicker. Cox. There it is. There we go. Wow.
1: I was look how look how
0: pale I was in the winter.
1: We go, look how pale I was. Cox. Oh God, I look terrible. Looked oh, like I'm 47. I, can't even, I can't
2: even think about that. The people uh, I saw somebody on Instagram and they were like at home goods in the Halloween aisle. and I was like, I hate your personality. I yeah, hate I, I, Why I, would you I, rush this? Why would you rush beach season? Why would you do it? Can we real quick? I know
1: we're going off topic here. I am a foot footballman, awesome, no footballsman. Okay? Just like you guys. And that's what Joe says. And I love the fall. I love football. I love you know, we've talked about this. But Joseph Papaleo, CEO Joe, I will fight you on this. He continues to say that summer stinks. And fall needs to be here now. No.
2: No. I'll just fight Joe. I don't really have a topic. Just (laughs) in general. Can you,
1: when we go down to Miami, can you just like box him on the A1A? Uh, No one knows what it's for. I didn't go
2: to Miami.
1: (laughs) Who knows? I'm just saying, if we ever went,
2: if we ever went to Miami for an event, just a group of buds, would you fight him on the beach? Would I fight him on the beach? No. No. That's a if it were in private. I don't know. We can box. I don't actually dislike Joe. I don't want people to get the idea that we would actually fight. (laughs) All right, let's talk and tick. Let's talk and tick and tick and talk. Speaking of Jalen Smith rushing the passer, there are some pretty good edge rushers that are rushing the passer today. So for our TikTok tonight, we're doing top edge rushers in the NFL. Going I'm sure
1: into people are going to love season. it.
2: Can't wait to hear who we leave off.
1: Your list already sucks, Aiden.
2: I know. <laughs> yep. I'm already mentally prepared for it at this point. Although not too much flack on the last one. No.
4: And so yes, it's, it's, it's
2: not bad i thought we i thought we did pretty well in the last one all right so we've got our normal triangle as we've done for one year straight we will continue it for many years to come i'll go first we'll go to kevin and then to vince all right so at five i have cam jordan of the saints he's had he's been really consistent double digit sacks in three of four seasons and four of the last six seasons so he's been the model of consistency at the defensive end
1: surprise surprise he's six for me in real life. Um, so five for me is Chandler Jones. Um, he is an absolute beast. He is down in Arizona. Now he wants a trade and for somehow, some way he's going to end up and finish his career, uh, winning a super bowl for the Patriots. Absolutely.
0: Uh, five for me, I have a collective here. I have all the Watts and the Bosa's just cause I can't tell them apart. And they're pretty much the same to me. So I just put them all at five.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I respect it because the Anta Antetokounmpo's apparently have another brother in the draft this year mm-hmm. who n- knew that they had another one. But, yeah, they do. Unreal.
0: The Anta Tacumpo factory just keeps pumping them
2: out. Yep, they really do. All right, at four, I have Zadarius Smith. This past season he was top five in sacks and forced fumbles, and I think that will continue there in Green Bay. He has 26 sacks over the past two years, so I expect pretty much the same this year.
1: Uh Four for me. I have it written down here. Vince stole my joke. I had the Bosas. I just – I had both of them. I didn't want to take a spot away from – they're both beasts. I think Nick is coming off the injury. He's going to have a, a big year this year. Joey's just been balling out in San Diego and now L.A. Um, So I have the Bosas
0: at four. Vince, whenever you have a minute. <laughs> I'm being jumped on by animals right now. Uh Number 4, I have Miles Garrett with the contingency that he has no weapons in his hand. Uh it's not fair when he uses weapons, but when he's just playing football as an edge rusher, Miles Garrett
2: number 4. Fair enough. All right. At three, I have Khalil Mack. I think he sometimes gets forgotten about because he's always with a terrible offense. We'll see. Maybe Justin Fields is the future there in Chicago and they finally have a good offense to back him up and uh, get some more respect on his name because I think he's almost becoming underrated because his teams get forgotten about.
1: Uh, Three for me, same brain again, Khalil Mack. I mean, he's played in two awesome jerseys too, right? The Raiders jerseys are great and the Bears jerseys are great. Mm -hmm. Both – Teams that you think about defense, too, historically. So, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm always rooting for him. He's a monster when he wants to be. And, yeah, let's hope he uh, he gets to play with an actual offense that can put up some numbers.
0: Uh, number three, I have Khalil Mack. He's played in two really cool jerseys. He had the Raiders and the Bears. And let's hope he plays this <laughs> on the team with a good offense. I hate it when we match <laughs> with Vince.
2: Perfect triangle. All right, at two, I have Miles Garrett. I think last year we were kind of robbed of some production from him because I know he had serious COVID issues where he was having trouble breathing. Like Vince said, he's always better when he does not have a weapon in his hand and gets himself suspended for six games. But I expect a huge season from Miles Garrett this year.
0: Two for me, Miles Garrett. That's it. All right, I was waiting for more. Two for me, I have Aaron Donalds. You know he's good. He's got knives. Also has a lot of weapons. He also, also plays on really in the inside. Yeah, as you look at me, he's not an edge rusher, but I don't feel like thinking of a new one. So Aaron Donald's number two.
2: You're gonna have to put in parentheses and TikTok. We know, just we know. Yeah. Just we like know I did
0: me. with the, like I did with the Eagles last week. No yeah. one said anything about it just because I unapologetically was like, I'm putting him here. I don't care what you think. I don't care.
2: Yeah, That's he's what just got to do it. Aaron Donald. He's just that good. That's what you got to do. Yeah. All right, at one, I have T.J. Watt. He was the league leader in sacks last year. I think he's ascending into his prime right now. So if he led the league in sacks again, I would not be shocked on that defense. At one, I have T.J. Watt.
1: At one for me, I have the man the Dallas Cowboys passed on and took a grown-ass man named Taco instead. T.J. Watt
0: should be a Dallas Cowboy. Uh, Number one, I don't think this is a shock to anybody. I have whoever's playing against the Bengals. So whoever they're playing has a pretty good shot of getting the Joe Burrow. They didn't take the obvious option to protect him. They didn't get any better. So number one who, exactly. Number one, whoever is playing against the Bengals.
2: I really like that one, Vince. I'm I'm disappointed in myself for not yep. thinking of it, but that was very good. Surprised you don't have That's Ed edit Paul
1: Jones on your on your list. You probably don't even know who
0: that is. That sounds Heard like a baseball player that wears socks up to his knees.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He definitely played for the Black Sox in nope. 1918 when they cheated on those games.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Vincent, thank you very much for joining us. You're very welcome. Did what I could. That was fun.
2: That's a just... wrap on one year, 365 days, one lap around the sun. We did it. Can't I mean, believe we're still here. I'm serious, but... Cannot wait.
1: Make sure you follow us everywhere on social media, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere you find your podcasts, Apple, Google, subscribe to our damn YouTube channel because Vince works really hard on the YouTube clips and they're phenomenal. So not only listen to us, but continue to listen to us. Also watch us as then you get to see our cool party hats and our stateside vodka.
2: And this, I don't know what this is called, but the thing you blow into when it's New Year's and it makes a noise, I don't know the name, but I have one because it's our birthday. (laughs) Thanks to everybody who listened or watched or argued with us on TikTok in the past year. It's been great. It keeps growing. I cannot wait to see what this next season takes us. Hopefully our teams are a little bit better. I think that they will be, which will only lead us to going up and up. See you for the celebration in year two.
3: Go Cowboys! Chris Hansen here, and I'm gonna need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds like versus boys. boys.
1: I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Idiots! Yep.
3: Stop
2: doing dumb things! I got two phones. Upside alert! Upside alert! I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope Studio is gone. Hope. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob, hope. I'm gonna drink. Bleach that it's the team
3: you promised me you were gonna
2: be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching.